With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, it's Taylor and Brendan from Blue and Gold Make Darlene. They tell you about the Hockey Podcast Network. Goddamn right we are. You know, there's an entire network. It's not just Blue and Gold Make Darlene. There's 31 podcasts, one for every NHL team. From terrible, horrible teams like the Boston Bruins to some of the best teams in the league like the Buffalo Sabres. Absolutely. And with that being said, if it's a terrible team or if it's a great team, no matter what, you are able to get two episodes a week from all of the hosts. New episodes come out every Monday and Thursday with new content covering everything from the latest that's going on with everyone's respective teams all the way through to doing more fun things like the many trivia games that Taylor and I have on our show. That's right. Hot content, hot takes, hot hosts. Hot hosts. You got it everywhere. Uh, and you you can find them pretty much anywhere you find your podcast. Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spotify. Stitcher, if you're one of those weirdos like me that uses Stitcher. You use even, Stitcher? I do. Strange. I think I'm the only one who does. Okay. And even at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com if you're looking for some more info. There's a whole website That's that you right. could go check and hey, out. Maybe it's getting to that point of the season where you're getting sick of the Sabres. I know some of us are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this West again. Coast uh, trip is about to be tough. Maybe you want to check in on some of your other favorite teams if you're one of those kind of guys. Absolutely. Well, they're all available and they're all easy to find. Gosh darn right. So be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network once again at their website at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And be sure to follow on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Blue and Gold Make Darlene. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And we are pleased to be back yet again for quarantine episode number something or another. I don't even know. The days are all blending together at this point. Yeah. Well, I didn't think we'd still be talking Sabres hockey in May. So <laughs> there's, there's something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's been, I, God, I guess it's been like almost two months now doing this. Insane. Yeah. We're probably, what is it? I think like six weeks now we're at yep. madness, madness, madness. But uh, with that being said, uh, there has been rumors swirling about what is going to happen to the rest of the NHL season and the NHL off season. And that's what we're really going to tackle today. And I think we're going to actually also finish with a quiz, if I'm not mistaken. We are. Yes. Perfect. Well, before we get into all the fun stuff, let's first hear a quick message from our sponsor, Manscaped. So this episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Brendan, in these quarantine times, it's easy to overlook some basic grooming. Showers are less frequent. Deodorant becomes optional. Your man parts, well, be honest, it's sort of a mess down there right now. Maybe it's time to start cleaning it up. If you're like me, it can be tough to keep a steady hand working with a razor in such a sensitive reason. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous game. So Manscapes redesigned the electric trimmer. They spent the past 18 months. That's that's like the entire time Phil Housley was a Sabres coach. You guys are getting to know us right now. 
perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, they say, and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. They sent it to me, and wow, it's incredible. I mean, it features cutting-edge ceramic blades to prevent manscaping accidents, which we all hate those. No more cuts or nicks. It's easy to use. It's safe. It's so much faster and easier uh, and safer than the standard razor. So get the job done quicker, better, and safer. Uh, one of the coolest things, there's an LED light that illuminates the grooming area for a closer and more precise trimming. That can be helpful. Showers can be dark. Uh, battery lasts 90 minutes. And there's a USB-powered charging dock included. So the thing is with this, too, the product's brand new. Almost no one's used it so far. And I want, you know, all you listeners to be among the first, if you're into that, and also if you're mad, I guess. Not all listeners, I suppose. Go to manscaped.com, type in the code THPN to get 20% off and free shipping. That's promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Your little friends will thank you. All righty, so... Uh, lots of rumors swirling right now as to really what's going to happen to the rest of the NHL season and also how the draft and off season is going to be impacted by this. Um, you know, first, I mean, do we want to start off with, uh, the draft first or do we want to do the rest of the season in the playoffs first? What do you think? Uh, well, let's start with the, the rest of the season because one thing, uh, that's kind of a sticking point here is that. Not everyone's played the same number of games in the regular season. And also, teams have different stipulations in their local TV contracts. So, and, you know, theoretically, that could be a lot of money that they are either foregoing or, you know, just different things like that that are right. concerns to be had by, the, by different teams, which is why there's still talk of the regular season being finished in some form, even though that it would seem insane for teams like the Sabres or right. Detroit or Ottawa. New Jersey yeah it's it it doesn't seem like a great idea but I think it's it's something that uh I think that they probably they if they're gonna have a, a playoffs they'll probably do at least a couple regular season games honestly I feel like I don't know how else you do it but that's kind of what we're gonna talk about is the different formats and different ways of doing this so, and that's a great point right off the bat there, is that in any scenario, conceivably, you have to have some form at least of a, a, reg, a small chunk of the regular season leading up into playoffs. I think that it's unrealistic and unfair to the teams and players for that matter to just expect after, you know, a potential however many month layoff, multi-month layoff for them to just come back and be ready to go to play, you know, for whoever it ends up being, you know, one of the, the most important hockey games of their entire lives. Um, and, you know, so one of what we were actually just talking about before we, uh, you know, signed on for this episode, uh, Mark Spector, uh, I had saw this actually, Greg Wyshynski was the one who had tweeted about it, but uh, he had written an article that had stated, quote, assuming no regular season games get played, the most popular playoff scenario, and I will just stop and say quickly, as we had also said before, this is air quotes around popular. We don't know this for sure. But the most popular playoff scenario is the following. The top six teams from each division meet in one city. They would open with a best of three series between the number one and, num and two seeds to decide the division winner, while number three meets six and four meets five for the right to keep playing. So with that being said, under this scenario, the only current seventh-place team that would be left out of this is the Rangers because they're one point behind the sixth-place Islanders in the Metropolitan Division, but the Rangers have played two more games. Um, 
So there's no teams that could say or that have the sixth seed that they had the advantage of playing more games than them um, and to say that they were like unfairly treated. What's interesting for us and relevant for us in this scenario is that the Buffalo Sabres would be playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs in a best of three playoff. Early yeah. thoughts about this, this general setup. It seems kind of insane. Um, Agreed. Yeah, it's 24 playoff teams out of 31. And, like, yeah, that's, that's a huge percentage. Uh, the NHL used to have something similar. I think when they had 21 teams, they still had 16 playoff teams. And when they were at 24 for a while, same. So they've had, they've had things before where almost the whole league's made the playoffs. But this in particular is so weird because no one thought, obviously, this was going to happen. So the idea that there are going to be 24 playoff teams – there's a, a good number of those teams that were just like done with the season. Like right. the Sabres are a great example, actually. The Sabres definitely like Anaheim, even too. Those teams are selling at the deadline. Right. They were looking towards next year. The Sabres were kind of collapsing before this, before everything got shut down. So there will be playoff teams like the Sabres who definitely weren't expecting to be there. Now, the other thing is it being a best of three series. It's already random enough. Seven game series are random. I think there's a, a stats guy out there that found if you wanted to be 80% confident that the best team won a series on average, you would need a 51 game series at best of 51 instead. Wow. Yeah. Which not doable. But, so best of three would get even more wild. I mean, last year was wild enough. The, the team that tied the wins record in NHL history got swept in the first round. The one seed in the other conference lost in the first round in five games. Uh, Insane. You see insane. these kind of things every year, but now if it's best of three, God, I mean, you just need to win two games, and that's that's something where like a team like the Sabres could absolutely push against Toronto. Yeah, it, yes, that is absurdly unfair. It is absurdly unfair, but I think that I, I'm with you that it is a ridiculous scenario. But at the same time, this season in general is just going to go down as one that was so different among the rest that I'm very open to the idea of getting creative and doing stuff like this because I mean from an optics perspective at the very least say a team like the Sabres just somehow went on a run and yeah. I mean for one from the league's perspective imagine what that would mean for just I guess general buzz um, you know TV ratings I'm sure would be through the roof I think that I like the fact that it is a little bit wild in a way. I mean, it, it's nuts. And also I think some, there's something to be said about this scenario in particular, because I can fully admit that there's like a, definitely a certain level of bias there because I would probably give like my right arm to be able to see Jack Eichel versus the Leafs in a playoff series. Yes. Um, Jack Eichel in the playoffs at all, but I don't know. I, I just think that with how ridiculous, ridiculous this whole scenario is like you kind of have to get a little bit weird with it and you know you're not going to appease everybody which I think is also the other thing that we should mention that no matter what is going to happen in this one way or another somebody is going to be adversely affected in a negative way um that could be through like a standings thing like the like the Rangers for example or it could be ramifications for the draft as well and I think that restarting the season and whenever the draft is going to be, those two things go very importantly hand in hand with each other from a matter of seating 
you know, because conceivably you would be able to have, if you kept things the way that they were, and you know, we'll get into this later, but like you would then, you know, if you open it up to 24 teams, you could run into a scenario where if you have the draft in May, you, and you do a 2014 playoff, a team can win the Stanley cup. And then also in the draft lottery. And if it's the Buffalo Sabres who do that, then fine. I volunteer. I will personally <laughs> take the beating of, of hockey Twitter. Um, if it means, you know, we win a cup and get Alexis Lafreniere or Quentin Byfield, either like we'll suffer on behalf of everybody else if it comes down to that. But it's, it, there's just so many layers of this. So, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm just curious, like Taylor, do you have, a scenario in your mind that you think makes sense. Yeah. Canceling the season probably makes the most sense to me, but uh, I think after that, if you're not, if you're not going to cancel the season, you have to start to look at how the next couple seasons are going to look different. Uh, For example, this is starting with the draft. Obviously you probably would be holding the draft in the fall. Um, Beyond that, you would have to, let's say, I don't know if if you finish this in any kind of reasonable timeframe, you're still going to be pushing the fall. Mm-hmm. And are you going to be, you're, you're not going to be able to start in October. You're not going to have pre preseason games in September. Are you, is that what's going to happen? Well, that's what they said. I mean, and one, I know one of the scenarios, um, it, it, like if the league did pick up or whatever, at some point you like the, the start of the next season would be pushed to December. And then that, that like kind of begs the question, like how long is that effect going to last? Right. Cause it, it's going to go December to what August the next year. Maybe they try to make it a little bit more constricted. Maybe it's not as many. Maybe it's not a full 82-game season. Maybe I can't say that's yeah, that, That's the way I would think of it is if maybe you, you know, if you were to do December, um, you just have a shortened off season. Maybe then, like, you just push everything, like, through June. Like, the seat, like you have playing into June. You do the draft in July, and then you get a couple months off, and you're back at it in September. I mean. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe at some point, obviously, you're going to have to have either you're going to change forever or you're just going to have shortened off seasons that were short. Like you're going to have to constrict things a little bit more, which is going to lead to less time off naturally for players, which I'm sure there will be no shortage of players concerns with that. On the other hand, they are losing money. I mean, the owners are obviously losing money. That means the players are losing money no games, no revenue. And with the way the CBA is right now, they, they still lose, like not lose money, but they don't, their money is often delayed or not what they, sign their contract for because of escrow which right. is kind of a complicated thing but basically players don't get what their uh, contract says they're going to get already and now the revenue is just going to fall like crazy obviously the salary cap is something they have to figure out but i think the players will also be incentivized to have some kind of playoffs this year and like get the season together for next year on the other hand they're also going to be like you know concerned right like wh- what am i going to do like am i am i going to play a hundred plus games in like six months. Who knows? I mean, I don't know, but as far as formats go, uh, I think I kind of prefer just doing a points percentage one. It's and this is a little, get a little creative for the NHL. If say they have it in one city or two cities, ideally one city, the entire playoffs, just do a one through 16 because the, it, there's no excuse for travel anymore. I get the idea like, Oh, we don't want to do a first round series between Florida and Vancouver. Cause think of how long that, those flights are, that's right. not fair. All that. Obviously I get that, but no excuse anymore. You're all in the same city and they've changed playoff formats on the fly before. Now, like I've said, like this isn't what teams signed up for, but it shouldn't matter that much because if they're in the playoffs, all the 16 teams that are in were teams that are trying to win. Uh, I don't actually know. I didn't, I probably should have 
looked this up before and kind of thought of what that one through 16 would look like, but all in the same city, obviously they'd have to have massive testing capacities. Uh, but yeah, like playing it that way, I think the couple will be looked at as illegitimate no matter what, but it's better than nothing. I mean, you already had one Stanley cup canceled this century and I don't think you'd want a second one of those if you can help it. But the, the obvious thing is, and neither of us are doctors, but you need, you, they, that's basically what they need is they need a bunch of health experts who probably should be spending their time elsewhere during this crisis. Right. Uh, administering tests, uh, talk, like talking about the proper way to disinfect things, how to, you know, the best safety protocols, things like that. And then, and uh, the, the obvious hard thing is like, you're going to have 16 teams to start, or, I mean, obviously they're talking about 24 teams, but however many people, that's thousands of people between the players, coaches and necessary staff, and then probably arena staff too. And they all have to get tested like every day. And it seems like it's going to be very hard to do. It's a lot. I, I guess for me, where I'm at with it is from a, from a broader standpoint, I guess, you know, one of the biggest complaints of the NHL is just their resistance to kind of taking chances and, and, you know, they're really notorious for, for playing it safe. And now, you know, you are gifted with the opportunity to really, really get creative here for something that's going to be a one-off kind of deal that you could see, like, if you want to potentially make a major change, like now is the time to try it out because, you know, say for example, they do something like that where they go points percentage and they go one through 16 and it ends up being a huge hit. And then you're like, well, we know this works. So we could just do that moving into the next year. And then and the other side of it, if it doesn't work, but no harm, no foul. Then it, it's just, oh, it's an anomaly. It's one year, and then you just go back to the next. Uh, to the next year, you could just go back to what you were doing previously. And so my, my hope is that the NHL is at least open right now to getting a little bit creative and doing something fun, assuming, obviously, logistically, that this is all going to work out. Because that is, like you said, first and foremost, the, the, the main priority is making sure that you know, these places are going to be safe for the players. They're going to be safe for the staff, um, you know, top down from the coaches all the way through to the trainers, medical staff, what have you. And then on top of that, making sure that, you know, you're not taking away, excuse me, too many resources from hospitals or, you know, whoever out like medical facilities in the area that could otherwise probably be benefiting a little bit more. Um, you know, and I think also for what it's worth, I think there's something to be said too, from the TV perspective, because if you were to do something different with the draft or you do uh, a more expanded format, not only are you opening it up where you're going to have your actual fans are going to be really excited about it, but you also are, and I'm not saying this in a way that they, you know, to like take advantage of the situation, but like you're at a pivotal moment right now where you could do some serious attracting of new fans. Uh, If you were to do something crazy, like a one, like a, a 2014 playoff or something like that, where, you know, because people are going to be looking for this kind of entertainment, you know, one, whenever it's safe for it all to start kind of happening again. And so the NHL, I think more than any other sport really, you know, has the ability to significantly benefit itself by uh, getting a little bit creative, whatever it decides to choose. Like one of the things that I thought was pretty interesting too, like in terms of like the draft, for example, you know, a big argument for having it like earlier in the year is the, if you were to have it in June still is the potential to 
have for the, like the TV networks where you can have, you know, a few weeks leading up to it where there's actually something to talk about on sports channels now with, you know, like scouting and, and the hype leading up to it. Whenever you do the draft lottery and everything, there's nothing else going on in June. So you can have the draft. Then it'll be great. Maybe you get new, you know, fans to come on board because there's this big spectacle going on. But the problem with that though, I guess the, the hole that you could poke into that argument is that the NHL is very different than for example, the NFL who just crushed it with ratings for uh, for their draft because of the fact that one college football is obviously a lot more popular than junior hockey is, but also because of the fact that when you're playing in the NFL, you're, or you're drafted to the NFL, you're immediately going to that team. Whereas with hockey outside of at the most, maybe like five guys, you're not going to see any of the people drafted for a couple of years. So it, it's kind of like back and forth. It's like for each, you know, negative for an argument there's also a positive that you could kind of say in terms of a rebuttal and vice versa for every positive there's a hole you could poke into it um and it's i don't know i mean it's just i i think that that's like the general point though when i went back to uh you know the air quotes the preferred method i don't think anybody really knows what to do right now i guess you know i i don't know i mean i think that the nhl you know as I had mentioned before, sorry, and I know I'm going on a little bit of a change here, but then I'm going to wrap it up with this from the player or like the team's perspective, the owners and the general managers, their, I guess, focus and what they want is significantly different than what like the league is going to want to do because the league's main priority right now is not the convenience of general managers. It is making sure that they can bring in whatever money they possibly can because of the losses that they've had due to this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, like to your point, I think this will be a uh, like the biggest rings that the NHL's had in forever. Whatever happens for the playoffs, right, right. even though I mean, obviously, like I said, it's going to be illegit, like delegitimized. Whatever happens. People aren't going to, like, take it as seriously. It'll be especially tough if a team that hasn't won and won't win again ends up winning the Stanley Cup in whatever format they do. Like, for example, if it's the Leafs, if the Leafs even won a playoff series, I don't think people are going to see that as legitimate. If it's, for example, the Lightning, who have not won with this group, that'll be same thing. So, and it'll be even worse if it's, like, Someone that no one expects, especially in this possible 2014 format. It's like the Islanders win the cup. You're right. Happen, but it's going to well, be a strange thing. And so let's talk about with, with the playoffs too. We had mentioned before, if the NHL was to do a 1-16 through 16 format, what are some of the matchups? So I have it pulled up here. Uh, and it seems like there's some pretty good ones. 1-16 through one and 16 right now at least from like a market's perspective would be pretty nice. Boston versus the Rangers. Um, ah, yeah. Two versus 15 then would be St. Louis and Winnipeg. So okay. again, That's... division rivals there. Um, yeah. That was a matchup last year too, in the first round, I believe. Right. Uh, then we have 14 and three would be Colorado versus the Islanders, which is a pretty random series. That's not good. Uh, Four and thirteen. Ready for this one? Tampa Bay, Columbus. Oh boy! Again. Oh boy! That would be pretty tight. Yeah. 
Then you have Washington, Toronto would be 512. Um, pretty good. Philly, Carolina would be 611. Seven, okay. seven and 10 would be Pittsburgh and Dallas. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And then the eight, nine would be Vegas and Edmonton. That's, yes, that's very good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, and for what it's worth, too, uh, you know, the Rangers currently sit 16th right now, but Calgary is tied in points with them with the same amount of games played. And you have Florida, Nashville, and Vancouver are all one point behind, and they all have played one less game than the Rangers and Calgary. So were you going off points, not points percentage? What's that? Were you going off points? Not I was points just going off of points on the NHL website. I don't think that they have points percentage. I just went there quick because I wanted to just find like a quick thing. So that would make me think that those teams behind them would actually be ahead of them. But who knows? I'm not really a math guy. Yeah, I probably should have went on a different website than the league's website. How funny is that that we get to say that about the NHL? Unbelievable. <laughs> Their website's terrible. Yeah, terrible. right. Oh, I shouldn't have gone to the league site to read about the league. Yeah. Oh man. But anyway. I think it's going to be strange, too, with the draft uh, if it's held in, like, September because no one will have played in, like, six months Right. by that point. None of those guys. And Like, I know one GM was like, you know, it's not going to be fresh in our mind anymore. It's like, you're not going to forget the guys, obviously, but it's going to be kind of a strange thing. Right. Well, and also you have to yep. keep in mind, too, that there's the contracts that are involved with this, too, and not the players, but the scouts. Like, a lot of teams, like, they're going to have to be worrying about re-upping, like, their scouting staffs and stuff. And what if somebody, like the Sabres, for example, wants to have a major overhaul? Like, do you really want to make them wait until the fall to do that? Or if you have a June draft, it kind of gives you the ability then to do that, and then you get to retool, and the NHL can figure out whatever they're going to do after the fact. Um, The other problem, too, that we can talk about with having the draft in June, though, is conditional draft picks um, and how that's going to get affected. You know, there's, yeah. uh, it's not like a major thing. And I know that there's been reports that teams are working with the league on this to potentially revise deals or something to come to some kind of compromise. And again, this is a scenario that you're probably not going to see everybody end up ending up happy. Um, but that's one thing you have to keep in mind for doing a June draft. I, I'm, you know, Beyond that, too, I mean, the draft lottery, I know we're talking about some of the reports now are saying that, you know, maybe they'll go back to the pre-McEichel draft format to kind of further solidify the bottom so that you get away from having a scenario where a team who is, if they do this 2014 format, a fringe team then can go, you know, win, like a draft lottery, too. If you go back to that, then Detroit is guaranteed one or two. Ottawa is definitely getting two top four picks. Neither of them are going to be in the playoffs. Um you know, I don't know. And, and, but then at the same time, I read something, and this was just like a comment on like an article that if they did something where like the bubble teams, if they were going to do like an expanded playoff format where you give teams, I guess, the option to, well, I guess it'd be hard to do this, but like if you were able to give teams an option to say like, hey, do you either want to participate in a playoff or do you want to increase your odds of getting the first overall draft pick, you know? Mm-hmm. obviously like on the surface, no team is going to want to be like, I don't want to be in the playoffs. Give me a chance at the first overall pick. But like, that could be an interesting thing too. I don't know. I mean, to me, when it comes, yeah. yeah, when it comes to the draft though, like I personally kind of feel like having the draft in June, the benefits of that outweigh the 
benefits of having it in the fall or the negatives, I guess, of having it in June. And Corey Pronman actually had a really good piece on The Athletic about this, um, where he kind of weighed both – he went through both cases – and he kind of came to the same, he came to that conclusion, um, you know, that having a June draft, like it's not going to satisfy everybody, but the benefits of it. And again, mainly like for TV networks where you're giving them weeks of content to be able to like pull out while nothing else is really going on in the world. Like I guess from like the world of entertainment and sports, I mean, that is a huge benefit there. Um, you know, and it, it, it gets people engaged with scouting contracts. Again, like I said, um, and then I, I, I don't know. And also you have to keep in mind too, the other big and like very important thing with all of this is how the draft is going to like how, like if you have it later, it, then it's going to run into the start of junior hockey for next year. Whereas if you have it now, you're able to get all of those players who you're going to draft into your like facilities and, and systems and start working with them now, as compared to, you know, you have a draft in September and then junior hockey is going to start up in October and you have to make a decision about what you want to do. You have yeah. enough buffer time to kind of be able to work with players and, you know, from like a development side of things also, I think is something that's important to keep in mind. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be incredibly strange for pretty much anyone that's coming into the league for the first time. Right. Um, you're going you're gonna to have not played at all, which is tough, I imagine. But at the same time, you're going to have guys who normally, like you mentioned, would have had some time like going through development camp going right. through training camp too even and then deciding what to do because now all these all these leagues kind of have to get on the same page like the, the nhl ahl probably international leagues and all the junior leagues in canada yep everything is going to uh, be coordinated yeah uh so also i i was i think i mentioned this before but you know uh twitter hockey legend puck Sue post uh on the ground sean McIndoe, uh wrote a book this year about the nhl I read it. I forgot what it was called. It's like the down goes Brown history of the NHL. And obviously NHL history is incredibly weird. It's bizarre, but the playoff format is really interesting because it's changed so much. And so often like the NHL just gets bored because they had what was seemingly a perfectly fine setup. And then obviously it got turned on its head a little bit with Atlanta moving. Cause you're going to have to change divisions around a little bit, but you could have done that. You could have just moved Winnipeg to the Western conference and figured it out that way. But instead they just re formatted everything which is something they just do they just do it every couple of years it seems like and they've had weird ones they had ones where there's four divisions and every division exactly four teams made the playoffs right so teams that were you know not good at all were making the playoffs over teams that were much better than them which is how you get you had teams with like 57 points in the playoffs all the time back then um this is going to be something like when people look back in 30 years it's going to just be kind of something like that obviously i think COVID-19 will have been a, a much larger and more important historical event, but people are going to be like, oh, that's how they handled it. Kind of like how, if you look at like how leagues handled World War II, like how there was no Olympics for a little while. Right. So it'll be, it'll be something that we probably remember and people look back on like, huh, that was, that was strange. They did that, huh? Well, and one thing I do want to add though, too, back to your point about like legitimacy and everything of whoever ends up winning. I don't know, because part of me, it's tough because I definitely get that argument of, you know, people who are going to be resistant to it. But like I said before, this is such a unique and different thing that when it all comes, when sports come back, people are just going to be so happy that they are back. And if you then end up 
trying to do a, uh, you know, some crazy playoff format where you have, you know, like lower teams who are going to be able to make it into the playoffs. Like, come on, you can't tell me that like if some random team went on like a, if like Vancouver, for example, goes on some wild run to like the finals or like the Sabres are really like a perfect example of a team that like just out of nowhere would go on a run and win and knock off, you know, rivals along the way, but then also like juggernauts, like the, the pens or the lightning or the avalanche, whoever, like, that would be pretty cool. And I think that people would kind of get behind that and the hype of it all. Cause to be honest, like if that were to happen and some like Cinderella story happened and some like jabroni behind their keyboard was like, mm, this is lame. Like, dude, no, have a little bit of fun. Like who cares? You know, I don't know. I, I just want to have to ask, have you ever been on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, I, I rescind well, my comment then there. Yes. I think it's, I think they're absolutely going to be delegitimized, especially if it's a team like that. Well, no, I'm not saying delegitimized. I'm, what I'm saying, though, is just rather than looking at it that way, I think that there would also be, like, in terms of, like, fun hockey Twitter, a lot of people who would also be – who would really get behind that and have a lot of fun with it. Like, if something so, yeah. goes on There's an outrageous people. run, I think that, like, I don't know. To me, like, I would want to – I mean, I know, again, it's Twitter, so I'm not having any expectations, but, like – I think a lot of people would also embrace that too, because it's such a one of a kind once in a lifetime thing, you know? And yeah, I think it would be, I wouldn't give a shit if they won, like whatever people could say it, but if they end up like lifting a Stanley cup and I mean, eventually they're going to have to win seven game series. Not everything is going to be best of three. It's just going to be to figure out who moves on is best of three. Yeah. I, uh, I think in the moment people enjoy it because sports will be on. Uh, But I, I kind of doubt, that people are going to – no, I, I wouldn't say I doubt, but I think people are going to – it's going to be really fun in the moment. I just think in, in the coming years, it'll be looked at as not the same as other Stanley Cups is what I mean. I think in the moment, people are going to enjoy it regardless, like most people, I think. Um, but I don't well, – Do you feel that way? But, I mean, I guess it's different. But, like, do you feel that way about, like, the lockout shortened season? Like, since they didn't play the full games, like, do you think that that is, like, illegitimate? No, because it was the Blackhawks and they won two other Cups. That's fair. And then the, the other lockout was the Devils, and they won two other cups. I don't know. I but, guess to me it just seems like, I don't know, if, if it's like Tampa Bay or Colorado or something, you know, that's obviously one thing. But I don't know. I think it'd be cool if a, if a team went on a run, if like a Vancouver or an Arizona or a Buffalo went on a run. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously I, I'm not trying to say that, like, I think that, like, people are going to be positive about something happening ever on social media because that's just ridiculous. But like, I do think though that while I agree that there would be a lot of resistance and people would kind of like not be into it at the same time, I think that there would be people who would embrace it. And in the long run, rather than looking at it as like illegitimate, it would just be kind of like different. I don't know. Yeah. Trying to be optimistic about it, I guess is all I'm saying. I just want to keep my options open and like, if something is going to be entertaining and it's going to be different and it's going to get people excited about it, then like, hell yeah, let's pursue it. And you know, I want to be excited about it. You know, you want to expand the game and doing different things is a perfect way to do that. I agree. I mean, I would be extremely excited. I mean, it'd be because people talk about like the NHL playoffs a lot in a way that's like, Oh, it's completely random. I mean, every round you never know what's going to happen. And it can be, like I mentioned, it has the ability to be completely random. Like, not random, but, like, I can't believe that happened last year. Both one seeds losing, right. like, handily. 
Uh, but Let alone when one was like one of the best teams of all time. Yeah. But once you actually get to the cup, it's a lot less random, especially if, once you get to winners, I should say. The Blues were someone I, I don't think people expected them to win the cup. I think people thought they'd be good. And then obviously had that weird start and everything. So that was not random, but definitely different. But besides that, look who, look who wins the cup. Like most of NHL history was dynasties. And even, you know, now that it's not really anymore, you still had Chicago won three in five years. Pittsburgh won three in less, I think three in nine years. Uh, the Kings won twice in there. The Bruins won one and went to two other ones. The Capitals obviously didn't make the uh, third round ever and then won the Stanley Cup. So I think it's, it's not completely random once you get to actual winners. So it'd be cool if there was a, uh, a Stanley Cup that was like, oh, wow. Because, yeah, Vegas making the Cup at the moment, in the moment that was like, oh, my God, Vegas is in the Cup in their first year of existence. But now they're just like a pretty good team. Right. So it was like, okay, that doesn't feel as out of place. Uh, whereas, like, the 2006 Stanley Cup is a good example. That's the post, the other post-lockout one, except it was a full season in 05-06. Yeah. It's not, not a fun one, obviously, but Carolina-Edmonton, obviously that's – no good in the moment for multiple reasons. Yeah. But it's it's such a weird cup, and then they both missed the playoffs the year after. And, I mean, until last year pretty much, we're not particularly good franchises. You don't really see that a lot. Yeah. So it would be interesting if there was a cup that was kind of – it's like, oh, man, I can't believe it. It's, it's Vancouver and the Islanders or, like, Columbus. But that's something that would be, a, I guess, an upside to all this. Um, but – as we mentioned earlier, we have a quiz Give it for a today. All right. So you might know that the Sabres often have players and then those players leave because via trade or they're sick of Buffalo via free agency. Naturally. A lot of them. And a lot of them are still in the NHL. So with the ones that are still in the NHL, you're going to tell me what team they're playing for. And let me see how many there are. And I'll give you I'll give you a little bit more background. But let me count All this up real quick. Former Sabres who are in the NHL right now. Cool. There are 33, and the stipulation is they played for the Sabres, and that they played in the NHL this year. So I'm naming the player and the team that they're on. No, I'm I'm giving you the player, and you're telling me what team they. Oh, play for okay, now. cool. All right. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, how because a lot of these guys, I wasn't aware that they were in the NHL still, or other guys where I was like, oh yeah, the trade deadline this year happened, and I completely got memory hold because of something that happened like two weeks later. Wow. But so, I'm gonna start, and we'll see how many of the 33 you can get. To start okay. with some easy ones, Connor Sheary. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Erod. Also the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's right. Marco Scandella. The St. Louis Blues. Correct. Zach Bogosian. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Nathan Boyu. Winnipeg. That's right. Hey, might run the table here. Alex Nylander. The Chicago Blackhawks. Brendan Gooley. Anaheim Ducks. That's right. Brendan Orr. Matt Tennyson. Who? Who could forget his legendary era? With San Jose? No, he's with New Jersey. New. Oh, God. All right. Here's I'll a tough one. one. 
I'm glad I don't know where Matt Tennyson's playing. <laughs> I actually take pride in the fact that I got that wrong. Ryan O'Reilly. Pass. Pass. No, the St. Louis. Kyle O'Reilly. I'm just kidding. Kyle O'Reilly's not in the NHL. Evander Kane. Evander Kane of my two picks ago, San Jose Sharks. That's right. Justin Bailey. The Philadelphia Flyers? No, wait. Vancouver. Vancouver. Shit. Yeah. I was gonna as soon as I as soon as Philadelphia Flyers came out of my mouth, I was I knew it was Vancouver. Because this is this is hard because he barely made it by my standards. He played two games this year. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. He's I knew really he had the joke there, yeah. Taylor Fadoon. Taylor Fadoon, Dallas Stars. That's right. One of the better Taylors. True. Uh Robin Leonard. Vegas Golden Knights. That's right. Marcus Foligno. The Minnesota Wild. That's right. Who, as a side note, I think we've talked about this before, but isn't he, like, kind of okay for them now? I mean... I feel he, like I've read stuff that he's, like, actually, like, kind of figured his role out and has is a little bit more effective now than he was here, obviously, because, you know, they weren't... He's not playing with Jack Eichel and stuff, but... Yeah, I looked at his numbers when I was doing this, I, he, it's not that dissimilar to his last year here. Interesting. But he did play with Jack and Sam his last year here. That's what I was going to say. Probably <laughs> that, that output with a significantly less, you know, quality of line mate. Yeah. Yes. Tyler Ennis. Ottawa Senators. No. Oh, he got <laughs> traded at the deadline, didn't he? Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. A lot of these deadline moves, they Wait, barely played. That's where he got moved to. Uh, where did he get traded to? I actually forgot. Where did he get moved to? Edmonton. Oh, yeah. He went home. Son of – that's where he's from, right? That area. Yep. Son of a oh. – Did he play for Medicine Hat in juniors? He, he might have. I don't yeah. know. Uh, William Carrier. William Carrier, Vegas. That's correct. Your, your good friend, William. Yeah, my boy, Will. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov, Sabres legend. Sabres legend. So is he? Yeah, he's still with Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg. That's right. Derek Grant. <laughs> Anaheim, baby. No. Or no, he got moved too. Yeah. Oh my God! I gotta like chill. I know I'm doing this now, where I'm thinking of their pre-deadline teams. He's with. Did he? He went to, like, a good team, right? Yes. Didn't a contender pick him up? Uh, uh, Eastern Conference, right? Yes. Yeah. Who the hell did he get traded to? Hold on. I don't know who. Philadelphia. Ah, that was who I was just thinking, too. He oh. has uh, – he's had quite a year. Quite a shooting percentage yeah. this year for old Dr. Grant. Uh, Anders Nilsson. Ottawa. He was also actually having a decently nice year considering he's on Ottawa before he ended up getting hurt and was out for an extended period of time. But he took over their number one job, actually, about half, like as the season went on. Yeah. Another guy that I think I, – I don't think if you just asked me randomly, hey, is Anders Nilsson still in the NHL? I'd probably be like, ugh, 
I don't know. Maybe not. He was but, on one of my fantasy teams, so I will say with that stipulation, that's why I knew that. Uh, Nick Delorier. Nick Delorier. He got moved, I believe, right? Did he get traded or did he not? Uh, I don't believe he did. Oh, Montreal then? No, it was Anaheim. Yeah, so he definitely did. Oh, I thought he was on Anaheim all year, so that might be – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw you up there. Son of a – Bitch, Taylor. Well, let me see here real quick, just to make sure I, when I did. He, yeah, he definitely was an in-season move. Um, I'm looking at his Wikipedia. Right. It doesn't even say. Some Wikipedia this guy's got. No. No, he signed there in the offseason. Did he really? Wow. Yeah. He had seven goals this year. Good for him. Look at him go. Yeah, up to 31 career goals. I'm well, listen. All I'm gonna say is I have like how, what do I have like four wrong now? But I, I'm I'm I take pride in the fact that I at least had their prior team correct. That's true. That's true. Except for Matt Tennyson. Uh, oh yeah. Except well, Mark Pesic. Mark Pesic. He's a forward dynamo now for the Florida Panthers. That's right. Tim Schaller. Ooh. Tim Schaller. Um, Vancouver? Ooh. L.A. Really? Yeah. He was pre- didn't he go Boston to Vancouver and then maybe he went to L.A.? He was with Vancouver, though, wasn't he, I think? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Another guy that I, I wasn't certain was still in the NHL. Uh, Chad Ruedel. Chad Ruedel. He's not with the Pens still, is he? He is. There you go. All right. Chris Stewart. Oh, yeah. He made like a little mini comeback this year, didn't he? He did. Oh. Western Conference, right? Who's to say? Son of a. Arizona? Philadelphia. Oh, God. Not even close. Okay. Nikita Zadorov. Colorado. Colorado. Tyler Myers, former Calder winner. Vancouver Canucks. That's correct. Joel Armia. Montreal. Yes. Ryan Miller. Another guy having a career year there. Uh, Ryan Miller, Anaheim. That's right. Braden McNabb. Braden McNabb is with Vegas. That's correct. Bam. This is going to be an easy one because of a game we saw this year, but Nathan Gerby. Columbus. Yeah, the little guy. Of course. Guy. Blue and gold make and takes on a Sabres game in person. And saw Nathan Gerby score a goal. You got to love it. In the year of our Lord and Savior, 2020. Andre Sakara. Andre Sakara. Edmonton also, right? No, Dallas. Oh, right. I forgot he got. Yeah. Yep. 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 Previously Edmonton, but yeah, he's down there now. Usually the biggest dumbass on this list, Zach Cassian. <laughs> the Oilers. Yeah. Signed him to a ridiculous contract. And. For, yeah. For standing next to Connor McDavid, pretty much. Yep. Paul Byron. Paul Byron. 
Montreal. That's correct. And how many did you get right here? I think I did pretty solid. Maybe I got, what, five or six wrong? Four. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you're 26 of 33. You have to calculate real quick. See how you did on this test. What's my percentage? 26 of 33. That's not bad. 78.7. So we'll say 79%. 70. Hey man, seventy nine percent from the floor will be would be like the greatest basketball player of all time. So I'll take that. That's a good. Another way to look at it is you got a seventy nine on the test you didn't study for. That's pretty nice. I'll yeah. Take that. All right. Well, that's a, that's, that's it. One of the Wait. questions was about Matt fucking Tennyson. <laughs> yeah, I going through the uh, those old Sabres rosters is wild. Obviously, there's a ton of guys that just don't play anymore. Yeah, I'm like. Damn, yeah, Jordan Nolan was here, and he played 60 games. <laughs> How about that? What a world we live What's going on there? <laughs> what were we all doing? I oh, man. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll see what happens. Tomorrow there is a call with the Board of Governors, so maybe we'll have a big news to discuss on next week's episode, but uh, probably not, I would say. All uh, the governors, all your favorite governors, Andrew Cuomo, Gavin Newsom. Mike DeWine, Brian Kemp, Phil Scott. New quiz. Name all the governors you can. Oh, damn. I think I could get, like, at least 15. All right. That was, like, I think six there. Okay. Well, Phil Scott, I think I made up. I was thinking Phil Murphy from okay. New Jersey. Hold on. Let's see. I got Cuomo, Newsom, uh, Mike DeWine of Ohio, mm-hmm. um, Greg Abbott of Texas. Brian Kemp of Georgia. Uh, Ron DeSantis of Florida. Waiting for that one. Oh, boy. Phil <laughs> Murphy of New Jersey. Uh, man, I'm trying to think of what. Uh, Larry Hogan. That's uh, Maryland. Uh-huh. Um, trying to think of what the uh, Vermont's governor's name is. I might have been right about that Phil Scott thing, but now I'm not sure. I'm doubting myself. Jay Inslee. Of course. Washington. Yeah. What other states are there? What are states? Uh, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan. Too many states. But Gretchen, <laughs> Gretchen, uh, oh, what the hell is her name? Gretchen Wieners. No, Weinmar? Close. The, Whitmer, Whitmer, the uh, uh, Michigan. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think of what. So, you named the states too fast. Oh, Montana's Montana. governor, uh, Seth Bullock. Okay. All right, let me count how many. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. All right, three more. Ooh. It shouldn't be too hard. What are some states? Let's see. Massachusetts. Uh, <laughs> Charlie Baker? I think that's right. Two more. How about Minnesota? Minnesota. I. Should know this, but I don't think I do. Kirk Cousins. Oh, that's right. I thought it was Karen Housley. <laughs> no, she's standing in the bread line. Um, <laughs> but I just had one. Let me think real quick. Is it the other? Uh... Did you do Colorado? See, I don't think I know because I, th- I was going to say one, but I think it's he's actually a senator. So I don't want to get this screwed up. Who ran for president this year? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I already have Inslee. What about um, 
You know what? Phil Scott is Vermont's governor. There you go. Two more? I think, uh, one more. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, oh, Pennsylvania. Uh, damn it. It's a Democrat. Can't name him. Oh, Andy Bashir from Kentucky. There it is. All right. So, yeah. So, that's who's going to be at the Board of Governors meeting. Andrew Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, Mike DeWine, Greg Abbott, Brian Kemp, Ron DeSantis, Phil Murphy, Larry Hogan, Jay Inslee, Kay Ivey, Gretchen Whitmer, Seth Bullock, Charlie Baker, Phil Scott, and what did I just say that I wrote down? Uh, I'm losing Kentucky. it. Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Andy Bashir from Kentucky. Good stuff. Look at you. We both got a quiz in today. Yeah, look at that. Governors, huh? Wow. Riveting stuff on our hockey podcast. But, yeah, that's a, those governors, they're all going to just decide what's going to happen with hockey now. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Man. It's pretty fucked up. Some of these states don't even have hockey teams. <laughs> like, what does Vermont care? <laughs> I don't know. I guess they just – maybe they're a host site for the playoffs. Man, this is going to be great for Canadian listeners. Hey, oh, yeah. any Canadian listener? Well, I can't say you can't have name fifteen premieres because I don't think there are fifteen premieres. But whatever, you rank rank the. We'll rank premieres if you guys uh, if you guys want. Any Canadian listener tweeted us, but I'll rank premieres based on their Wikipedia photo alone. Next, oh, I like that. Yeah, so just got to prove we have Canadian listeners. Tweeted us at Blue and Goldcast. Yes, you got to be Canadian too. You can't be can't be American looking for this. True. I already know one of them. Last place, Rob Ford's brother. Oh, wow. Yeah. Don't like his face. But anyway. All right. All right. Well, that's, that's enough. Great. Any last thoughts on, on anything at all from the Sabres to the playoffs to Governors? Uh, Jay Inslee, tremendous upside potential. Very underrated. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Good intangibles? Yeah. Off the charts. Leadership skills. Unbelievable. Love and that. So- Love that. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for listening in. Uh, Again, on behalf of both Taylor and myself, we hope you guys are staying safe out there and social distancing and just staying healthy. And uh, we're we're both sending the best to you and yours. But thank you guys so much for listening in. Be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network, by the way, of course, uh, at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, on Twitter at HockeyPodNet, and check us out on the streaming platform of your choice. Make sure you're subscribed to us and follow us on Twitter. And now... On Facebook, Blue and Gold Make Darlene. We are on Facebook now, so boomers, here we come. Anyways, though, time for us to end our episodes as we always do with our random Sabres player of the week, which we are going to share with you now in three, two, one, tap. Andre Gragnani.
Yuri Novotny. Whoa. 